Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are very excited for today's guests. And FYI, Little Rope rhymes with very dope. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird? Wow, Jonah, I think I really nailed that... um, like intro with my rhyme. Yeah, I didn't I I didn't get it actually. Because of Maybe. the new album Got little, it. Yeah, and okay. very dope. Got it. Okay. It's a little bit of a walk <laughs> as we say. Yes. So, Jonah, I wanted to revisit a story that we told with a previous guest um or a couple stories. One is we are very excited about our guests today and we had them on a web series that we did a while back. And one of them we had brunch with in Portland once. And you thought that we were best friends because we got along so well. And do you remember leaving brunch? I had, we had brunch with Carrie and we left and you were like, are you, do you guys talk every day? <laughs> I don't remember that, but I remember you guys had a really good dynamic as if you were very, very close friends, known each other for years. Yeah. So I just guess I wanted to brag about that a little bit. And then the other meal we had is the first time you and I ever went to Portland, our guest Corin and her husband Lance took us out to dinner just because they were friends with Fred. We didn't know either of them. And they were so nice to us. And you were so nervous. I was nervous. Well, yeah, because we were, yeah, we we're staying at Fred Armisen's place. And you were like, Fred's friends are going to take us out to dinner. And I like, Corin and Lance, I was like, this, like Corn Tucker and Lance Bangs were going to like hang out with them. And you're like, yeah, they're like Fred's friend. And I was like, no, like I can't go. Like I was like <laughs> yeah. f- totally having like a meltdown. Like, 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 do you know these videos? You know, and, and I like got super nervous. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to like name drop. Like my friends work with Dave Fridman. Like they, they're going to think I'm cool, but I got to like put in as many references as I could. But, I, but I, they were so nice. You guys, were, they were great. And so, but I was very nervous, almost too nervous to go. Yeah, you were really so nervous. And so I want to introduce our guests today, and then I want to get their takes on both of these meals. Okay. Um, if they remember them. <laughs> okay. So our guests today make up the fantastic band Slater Kinney, who are part of the Riot Girl scene when they formed in the 90s and have gone on to be what many people, including Wikipedia, call a very key part of the American indie rock scene. Their new album, Little Rope, comes out January 19th. Please welcome our friends, Carrie Brownstein and Corin Tucker. Hello. Hi. <laughs> That's so nice. Thanks for that awesome, very professional, very professional and a wiki reference, which we always like because of the accuracy. Yes. 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 They always are on the pulse. Yes. They know things I don't know. Yeah. About exactly. myself. Mm-hmm. Now, Carrie, do you remember this brunch that we got, the three of us? I do remember the brunch because I did actually feel similarly in that yes. we had an easy rapport. Yes. And that it felt like we had been friends longer than we 
were actually friends or just knew each other better than we actually do because we do have an ease. And and that's to your credit, both of your credit, I think, because I feel very awkward in initial meetings, but you really, you know, you just really set the stage for a very lovely brunch. <laughs> wow. That is so sweet. I remember it fondly is what I'm saying. And I also do remember, this is the more embarrassing part to admit, that I think we really left thinking we're going to hang out a lot and then that might be the last time we hung out (laughs) i think then i went to your i think your book like your sort of when you had that upstairs cool book event yeah i was yes in new york you guys were both there yes Yes. so we did we did some (laughs) follow-up we did some follow-up yes but we we have also fallen short in other ways i would say but we we, live in different cities we do so let's be kind right let's be kind to ourselves yeah and do you remember that we both had or maybe i had it and you said you almost got it that like bomber jacket from jake it was like almost like a a short peacoat bomber jacket from j crew yes i feel like this is something we have in common is like our sort of our sort I don't don't take this in the wrong way, but our sartorial no. misses, right? Just the <laughs> yes, exactly. Just the ways that we. I think it's from. Well, did you grow up in the suburbs? You didn't. You yes. actually. Oh, you okay? Okay. I just it's that it's that suburban upbringing. I think that is hard to yes. separate yourself from. Where you know you can try to fit into these lanes that are more urbane or a little more sophisticated. Yeah, but you just always are falling back on these. This basically the mall. Exactly. I would like to think that today you and I maybe wouldn't have been so into that jacket. Like if we saw it in a store today, if we saw it in J. Crew today, we wouldn't go, that's my jacket. But at that time, it felt like, and it was ill fitting too, because I don't know if you remember, it was supposed to sort of be a cropped peacoat, but then it had, it gathered at the bottom in a way that was like, <laughs> this isn't flattering on anyone. Un- on absolutely no one. No, yeah. like an elastic kind yeah. of bottom. Yeah, that's cinched somewhere that it shouldn't yes. cinch. Yeah. You know, I agree that I would like to trust that we would have, have sort of graduated from that mindset, but I still find myself making little mistakes and assumptions about what will look good on me and then realizing that it doesn't. But specifically with that coat, I agree. We would not buy that today. But yes. We, I might buy something similar. The in, in newer terms version of, of... The newer yeah. version of that. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. I feel like I... This is Corin, by the way. <laughs> I feel like I have like thrown down the gauntlet and I will definitely really only buy clothes that are on sale at like a mall store at this point. Like I just am like... What is the point? Like I order things that are expensive online and it comes and it's like, this is for another person. This is like yeah. for two people. Yeah. 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 Like I just, yeah, I think I've given up at this point. <laughs> I wonder though, I feel like you're pretty stylish, Corinne. Like I feel like you could probably find stuff that is on. I, do, I mean, I do find stuff. And I'm not saying is- you aren't, Carrie. I'm just saying that we have like a basicness to us that I don't... <laughs> Vanessa. Oh, okay. Well, no, Not a basic, I agree. An, an, an inborn, like, like abs- a no, for sure, for sure. There is, <laughs> there is. It's that suburbia again. I will say, corn is a lot better than I am at a, a vintage find. Right, she has the patience for that, oh. and I just don't. Uh, I, I just really don't. I don't either. I don't. Either. But Carrie, you you've got like some really you do have some really great things that you like stick with like you will find the right shirt try to find the the compliment in this (laughs) (laughs) well i will i will i apologize for calling you basic carrie no stand by it (laughs) i think any of our listeners if they were like let me put vanessa bayer next to carrie brownstein they'd be like carrie looks a thousand times cooler than Vanessa. So the fact that I, I'm sort of flattering myself by being like, we're the same. <laughs> no, listen, I, but I, I understand what you're saying. It's it's just that mindset of sort of like having our default be something that is a little like pedestrian or yes. populist, essentially. Yes, yes. I'm totally fine with that. Thank you so much. <laughs> 
Now, Corin, do you remember this dinner that we had with you and Lance? And say do no, you remember? No. <laughs> <laughs> and do you remember how nervous? Could you tell how nervous Jonah was? No, I did not think Jonah was nervous at all because to to backstory the dinner, friend Armisen was like, "My people are coming to Portland. My young people are coming, and you need to take like treat them right." Like it was kind of like a friend assignment. Oh my gosh! From someone that I that I deeply love, and so I was like trying to figure out where the right place was to go. And I was like, "There's a vegetarian aspect that we need to be sensitive to." Right. I feel like I feel like we kind of went um, to use your word. We went sort of basic, like we went to like a vegetarian restaurant. I feel like, like we went to such a nice place. It, it felt like the fanciest restaurant I it had ever like been to. It felt like the fanciest restaurant we'd ever been to. Now, again, we're from the suburbs. <laughs> Where did you take? Was it Tusk? Where did you guys go? No, no. That's the thing. Is like, this is the kind of... First of all, this is a while ago. And like, when I think it was like... This is going to sound weird, but like a veritable quotient. Like it was yes. like... It literally no, a like, veritable quandary. Yes. A veritable quandary. That's a terrible name for a restaurant. What a pretentious <laughs> combination of words. <laughs> to us, we were like, fancy, fancy. <laughs> yeah, there's no flair on the walls. We were like, whoa, this is serious. <laughs> and it sounded like a fancy name to us even. Yes. And then we dropped <laughs> you off and then Lance was like, do you want to like see bars where Elliot Smith used to hang out and the night, you know, and like, then Lance took us around to give us his tour. It was You both incredible. knew what we were kind of looking for in, <laughs> in the sense that we, you couldn't have like made the night more fun and we were just silently freaking out the whole time. Yeah. I'm so glad that you had a good time because I was like, after the meal, I was like, oh boy, like, I hope that they don't hate Portland because it was, it was a, such a like, I feel like it was a overly fussy meal where the vegetarians are like, this is a vegetarian dish. Only <laughs> live in like an organic garden. That was all we wanted. Like that was... Right. Yeah. And then we did, we went to a bar after... It had like velvet walls or something. Oh, was it Dots? I think it, yes, it was Dots. Okay. Oh, it was okay. Dots. I remember the yes. name being Dots because um, our family friend owns a line of clothing stores called Dots. It sells like <laughs> discounted women's clothes and it's called Dots. And I remember being like, well, this is a different Dots. <laughs> and, right, and that's when the lawsuit came through. <laughs> and they, they basically sell cheese fries and sadness and alcohol. Oh, man. There were concert posters on the wall? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, actually... That is like a kind of a Portland institution where it's it's changed hands, but it has been around since like very early 90s. And it used to be the actual only place you could go after a show was because it was open so late and you could eat those cheese fries. And <laughs> well, just for the Portland listeners that might disagree, there was also montage. Just so someone, you know, there's a listener that's like, actually, it wasn't the only place. So for the actually people. We also acknowledge Montage Restaurant right now. That's so cool of you. Are you both hitting up the Portland vegetarian restaurant scene much? Is there much? I feel like that. Isn't there? A, I realized later when I started eating meat that there's a big meat scene. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think for, for for the detriment of the planet and the animals, yeah. there is a pretty big meat scene. <laughs> And I am part of it. I, and Portland is, I think, there's definitely, I think, a move, especially in the last couple of years, back away from that. But certainly, like, about a decade ago, people really just embraced, like, chefs especially, and, like, restaurateurs were like, meat's back, as if meat had ever gone away. But, like, mm -hmm. everything became pretty meat-centric. So, I don't, I feel like Portland has definitely a handful of vegan and vegetarian restaurants, but I, I still feel like, Actually, Khan, which got like restaurant of the year, Gregory Gorday is the the chef, and um, it's Haitian cuisine, and he has both the the meat menu and then a, a vegan counterpart menu. So maybe that's sort of the future is right, people right, that right. Option. Yeah, but there is there are some really really good new vegan vegetarian restaurants opening up. 
because my husband Lance is still vegetarian. Oh, right. Yeah. And so there's one called Lilla that's on like Madison right before you go over the Hawthorne Bridge that is kind of amazing, like Italian, like chicken parmesan, but it's not, it's like not real chicken and it's actually good. And I eat meat. So I'm, I have like a high bar for that kind of stuff, but it's really good. And if we came back to Portland, would you and Lance take us there? 100% we would. Carrie, you're obviously invited. <laughs> Thank you. I, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird that that was the one that you wanted to return to, but I, yeah, I'll, I'll fifth wheel it with you guys. Carton, you, you said you're into thrifting. I have a question for both of you. How do you feel about record stores? Like when you're on tour, you're in a new city, are you into going to record stores? Because I feel like lately I feel like I'm interested and then I start going through it for like five minutes and then I'm like, I don't I don't have that same kind of drive to do as I did when I was younger. Do you still feel that or, or where are you at with that? I'm with you, Jonah. When we would tour and I was in my early 20s, I mean, it was just a full reconnaissance mission. Like yes. I just, I sort of had a list in the back of my mind of the albums I was always looking for. They were mostly post-punk, you know, British bands or out of, you know, something out of New Zealand or Australia. And I was just always hunting for them. And I would come home from tour with a huge box of records, like maybe even a hundred records. That's when most yeah. of my record collection was built. I just don't really do that as much anymore. Mm -hmm. I feel like there are certain things though that, like even albums that I've heard this year that I'm like, this is such a great album. I do want to own it on vinyl. You know what I mean? Like there are certain ones that I would like, okay, feel like I can make an exception for yeah, yeah. this album, you know? Yeah. Well, if you already own it and you're like, now it's coming out on purple vinyl, I have to rebuy this version or no? I don't care as much. I mean, I like, I like colored vinyl, but I wouldn't necessarily rebuy something okay. if I had it on quality sounding vinyl already. Yeah. But that like, there's like that gram, what is it like? 280 or whatever. Yeah. 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 That, I, that would tempt me. That tempts me. Yeah. Uh -huh. I don't know what this is exactly like, but I do remember one time being at like a record store with you, Jonah. I don't know if it was like you were visiting me at co like we were somewhere and you bought so many records and you were like, sometimes I just have to do this. And it reminded me <laughs> of <laughs> sometimes when I would go to anthropology. <laughs> I don't shop there as much anymore. No burn to anthropology. Okay. And their homewares are incredible. But like... <laughs> I remember going to anthropology once in a while and just spending so much money there and being like, sometimes you have to do this. And I thought, Jonah buying records is me at anthropology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sense? You'd get like a one-off trip to Generation Records. I'd be like, I got to buy everything. Where am I ever going to see this stuff again? Yeah, and I'd but, go, and oh, you this shirt comes Slater, in purple now. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> you have a Slater-Kinney box set that, you know, there's records inside of that. Yes. I think it's more of a, yeah. I was actually going to add that box sets are something that I do often buy, like, Rihanna issued a box set of all of her albums on vinyl and I bought that. Same with PJ Harvey and, you know, they'll throw in a t-shirt. I, I, I'm kind of a sucker for that. Yeah. Replacements Tim just came out like a big, you know, I, I, I like that kind of where it's finely curated and they're, you know, pulling together B-sides or demos or just kind of collating it into one, you know, beautiful like piece of art. That That's pretty exciting to me as a collector. I totally agree. I think of it as art too, because, you know, you guys gave me a box set and I have it really prominently displayed at the top of my bookshelf. And I have a lot of records displayed throughout my living room, but I don't have a record player. And that's, <laughs> that's tough to admit to people who gave me their records, including that's okay. <laughs> But it makes me think you're now a very easy person to shop for. Like I know. everyone, everyone <laughs> listening, you're probably going to end up with 10 to 20 I record know. players. I'm like, I'm like, God, which one should I get for her? <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is on Jonah. He'll figure it out. But um. <laughs> Do you know that one time I sent Lauren a record player and vinyl for his office? Wow. I bet wow. he as loved a, as that. A gift. He did like that. He did love that. I, yeah. He was very appreciative. That's really thoughtful. That's a cool move, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been for his 70th birthday. I think I did that for wow, his 70th. Wow, that's yeah. so nice. I love that. I don't know if it was for his 70th, but one time I gave him as a gift, I had drawn in high school. I had done, made this like drawing slash painting that was all these different scenes of Chris Farley and like Tommy Boy and Black Sheep and Van Down by the River. And I got a copy made of it and I got it framed 
for him. That's a great gift. I and feel I like he appreciates stuff like that. Yeah, I yeah. think he put it up in one of his offices somewhere or something. But I think, yeah, because like everyone's getting him cufflinks, right? Or <laughs> yeah, what do you I get think, for it? What's a standard man gift? Yeah, cufflink. A plant, yeah. Plant, a, a flask, like a flask, a yeah. monogrammed flask. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's got tons of those. Oh, so but many. how many record, uh, you yeah, know. And, and Chris Farley uh, illustrations. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick commercial <laughs> break. <laughs> we'll be right back with Corin and Carrie. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. Hi, Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the back seat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. And we're back. Okay, well, we asked you both for a topic. And you gave us so many good topics. So many to good ones. It was very tough to decide. But um, the one that we chose was the Juicy Fruit skiing commercials and theme song. Do, do you want to talk about why, why you thought of that or what that meant to you? Uh, yeah, what it meant to me. Well, I, this is such a earworm to me, I get this song stuck in my head. This is not a joke or exaggeration two to three times a year. <laughs> it will just <laughs> a lot. pop into my head. And I don't know what the trigger is, you know, what sort of weird mnemonic device is hitting. It, it's like, but it's a very infectious song. It's really dumb. You know what I mean? Like it's just in, dumb in the way that jingles, successful jingles are sort of silly. You know, there's there's a silliness that they have to land upon in order to just kind of drive you a little crazy. And it has so little to do with gum. Who cares? Like the song, it's about skiing. It's like also this <laughs> time of like where gum, I obviously the Juicy Fruit people or the, or the ad agency was like, we want to associate Juicy Fruit with like sport, specifically winter sports. Like, it's all about getting your skis shined up, <laughs> grab a stick of juicy fruit, and then it, then it gets very double entendre. It's like, <laughs> it, they're talking about, like, pulling it out, sticking it in, stick it in your mouth. It's like, the taste is going to move you when you pop it in your mouth. It's like, what is happening in your mouth? <laughs> like, it's just a piece of gum, but you're on the slopes. Like, it's just, there's so much going on. It makes no sense. And I just think, but at the same time, gum has lost its way. Like, who thinks of gum and athletes or yeah. gum and skiing? It's like, this was a great era for gum. Yes, yes. 
Now, I think we should watch the skiing commercial first. <laughs> we found quite a few of them, but maybe we should just watch and at least for our listeners, they can hear the jingle just to kind of get us in the mood to move us. Yeah. Get your ski shined up, grab a stick of juicy fruit. The taste is gonna move ya. Take a sniff, pull it out. The taste is gonna move ya when you pop it in your mouth. Juicy fruit is gonna move ya. It juice the salt, it gets right to ya. Juicy fruit, the taste, the taste, the taste is gonna move ya. Now, for people who couldn't watch that and have never seen it, someone on YouTube described it as a ski trip is underway as a truckload of 20-somethings arrive at the slopes. Curiously, although several participants are appropriately dressed for the cold weather activity, many others are clad in mere shorts. Once the squad arrives on the mountain, several elect to hang back and chew gum, <laughs> while others display Olympic-level ski jumping techniques. That's so true. Like, yeah. the difference in skill level there. Like, you have some people that are so bad at skiing, they can't even get on the slopes. <laughs> and then someone else that's basically doing, yes, you're right, like may have won gold. Also, <laughs> no one's wearing a helmet. Right. Like No one. No yeah. one. I mean, granted, it was an era where no one wore helmets, but I'm more aware of it wa watching it now, just being like, oh, that's a terrible thing to do without a helmet. I guess the gum, the gum might protect right. you, but... It is crazy the level... <laughs> The skill, this, the range of skill levels that this group goes skiing together. <laughs> they, would be, they would never be friends. I mean, they might be friends off the slope. But right. They wouldn't, but they wouldn't go on these kinds of trips together. I guess the gum brings them together. What about when they just, this, the gum is going by the other person's nose? No. Like the, the sniff. Just grab a sniff. Yeah. Grab yeah. a sniff. Oh, they literally say grab a sniff. They, like, yeah. Yeah. Grab a sniff. But what's, I mean, that's a sniff to me is just not a selling point to almost <laughs> anything, right? Like, oh, catch a sniff of that. It's not even <laughs> whiff, it's sniff. Well, it's like, funny because they, they've they always been really general about what the scent slash flavor uh, is of Juicy Fruit, like on purpose. But it says the ad agency BBDO characterized it as a combination in 2003, finally. They characterized it as a combination of banana and pineapple. Oh. And some people say it resembles jackfruit. Mm. But anyways, do, have you ever seen, we can watch it. There's a water, they kind of up the ante. I don't know if the <laughs> sniffing and sort of the, like they wanted to like kind of capitalize on the like sort of sexy factor of like maybe the people that decide to wear shorts or whatever. <laughs> and so they did a water skiing version where it's, you don't have to change the song that much because it's still technically You can still skiing. shine your skis or whatever. Yeah, you can still shine your skis. But... <laughs> But let's watch the water skiing version, which, like, musically has a different vibe too, a little. Yeah, bit. Me, yeah, yeah. Let's let's see. Get your sea shine up, grab a stick of juicy fruit. The taste is gonna move you, move you up, move it out. The taste is gonna move you when you pop it in your mouth. <laughs> juicy fruit is gonna move you. A little more of a country vibe. Yeah, a little twangier, I think. For sure, twangier, which is interesting because I don't think of water skiing as like, <laughs> although maybe, maybe it's kind of Gulf Coast, like it's like for the Bama, the Bama <laughs> crowd or something. I don't know. But again, that shot for, for those listening, when they say the taste is going to move, move you when you pop it in your mouth it's always a very it's a it's always a woman slightly there's something a sexual undertone to the way the real close-up on her mouth as she's like popping the stick of gum in also have you ever that was a real 80s thing and early 90s like i think when people would eat sticks of gum they would put it in like a <laughs> stick and i always i would try and do it that way just to be like this is how you're supposed to eat gum and be like no that doesn't work like it's the most complicated way to eat gum but that's the only way to show off the gum as you eat it right yeah. right is that kind of curved <laughs> yeah it's 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 really yeah. actually, actually but they're it, showing off a technique there they're sort of it's very instructional yeah yeah but also do you see what i'm saying that they were trying to like up the sex vibe of it oh yeah right for sure 
I mean, the, at the very beginning, I feel like that's where always they were going with mm-hmm. Juicy Fruit. Because she at the beginning of that clip, for those who haven't seen it, a lady is taking off her top. Yeah. To, like, she's wearing like a tiny little tank top underneath her sweatshirt or whatever. But like, that's the opening of the video. Yeah. Like, it's kind of the, it's just like the sort of perfect 80s commercial, right? It was like, sexy lady. Yeah. You know, put it in her mouth and <laughs> we're, we're, we're just having so much fun. Oh my God, it's the 1980s. Yeah, right. But it is a co-ed commercial. Like there also is like a guy without a shirt. Like it's really sort of showing off the kind of jocular, like again, the, you, you're you right that they upped the ante. Like they were like, actually, Juicy Fruit can elicit even more athleticism from you, not just skiing, but now like water skiing and more tricks. Yes. And you know, I will say this though, nobody, that group to me is more realistic in the sense that their skill level is more, there's no one doing Olympic, except that one guy who's like, who can like, he's like break dancing in the, wa- he's like break the water. In the yeah. water. <laughs> he, he seems like he's just like the show off and he's, you know, just the one guy who's, he's like, oh, we grew up going to the beach every summer. You know, like he just has so much skill. But other than that, I feel like this group is pretty believable in the sense, yeah. I agree with you, Vanessa, that I felt like this was a realistic group of friends. Like I, be- there was a believability factor in this one. Yeah. Which yeah. I really appreciated. I-, I think that they dialed it in casting-wise. Like kudos <laughs> to that casting agent. And Kara, to your point, I guess, about the song. I mean, I hadn't heard the song in probably 25 years, but I probably heard it thousands of times in the 80s. And as soon as it kicked in, I was like, had a visceral reaction. Like it is so catchy. It's so catchy. And first, it- I mean, the- <laughs> that guitar tone at the top is terrible. <laughs> Terrible, but it's it's like terrible in that way that you're you do a little like shoulder dance. You're just, I mean, yeah. It's I, we will be singing the song all night, and as people listen to this song when they hear the podcast, they are going to look up these videos. They will have this song in their head. Yeah, Corn. What are your thoughts on the song? I think it's kind of bizarre. Like, get your skis shine up. <laughs> like, it's just, it's so weird and unique that it is incredibly memorable. Like, I just want to work backwards from like where that, like, okay, we need to, we need to promote the gum. Right. We're going to go skiing. Like, yeah, I know. But I do think they did an effective job because I don't know if you remember this, but like when I think about having juicy fruit gum, I feel like invigorated. Like, I feel sort of like ready to like, you know, not necessarily hit the slopes, but like it, there is something about it that it almost feels like, like they've branded it to be almost like Red Bull. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. Cause I think of Big Red and that's another gum from that era yes. and nothing, nothing comes up. Like I don't have any no. sort of uh, Just emotional... me eating too much of it and then my mouth starting to burn. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Whereas with Juicy Fruit, you could sort of have. You could eat that whole pack and and a hundred percent. And that's like lunch in the nineteen eighties. <laughs> yeah. That's also what you were supposed to eat during the day was just gum. Right, right. Now, did you all know what and and Olivia brought up for a second, there was an earlier juicy fruit commercial with a different song that's sort of similar. We can listen to it. And actually the band Aha said that Take On Me, Take On Me like used to be called the Juicy Fruit song and what? that they were influenced by this Juicy Fruit commercial to write Take On Me. So let's oh let's watch this original. So I don't know I I don't know why Juicy Fruit would have then changed their jingle but obviously it worked for them. They took a swing. Anyway, let's let's listen to the original song that it that influenced Aha. I love this. You're blowing my mind right now. Juicy fruit. <laughs> reggae just (laughs) and by little I mean very very little but yeah yeah definitely a hint there I I can see where it was going up and they were doing the take on me vibe a little bit yeah it doesn't seem 
I don't hear it a ton, but they said <laughs> they've said like we partially got the uh, that song from. <laughs> Have there been any Slater Kinney songs influenced by commercials? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not not consciously, but what would be amazing is if there was actually a, a handful of huge hit songs like Take On Me that were influenced by the second Juicy Fruit commercial. Like, what if this <laughs> Juicy Fruit jingle writer actually has influenced a ton of Billboard Top 100 hits? Wait, right. By the way, did, did you look up the the jingle writer? No, I should. No, we should do that. Yeah, we should definitely. We should look up the jingle writer. I I don't know who I do. And maybe it's just because I'm more used to it. I do find the newer jingle to be so much more catchy than. Yes. Than the the pocket full of sunshine one. But isn't it (laughs) funny that they do some of the same moves in the commercial, like the visually like passing the, the gum in front of someone's nose instead of like passing it to someone who's next to the person, they pass it to someone who's two people away so that the person in the middle <laughs> it goes right under their nose and they can smell it they can Weird. smell it but they don't get it they don't get to taste it right it's they like get it's a such sniff. a tease it's a, yeah <laughs> it's, a, it's a tease of the gum they get a good sniff though they get a good sniff yeah. in there and that's sort of um you know that's part of the then then that became part of the song yeah it's right because in the pocket full of sunshine they don't allude they don't call out the sniff but they show it yeah. And so I wonder if like audiences or the ad writers or the Juicy Fruit Corporation said, you know what, that that's pretty crucial to our brand yeah, is the scent. Yeah. We're the perfume, we're the perfume of gums. We we want people to, even on the radio to know that <laughs> this is something you gotta smell. And you know, it's funny because for people listening, that pocket full of sunshine, that original commercial, they're being active but not quite as they're sailing so they're they're not <laughs> I think it's like windsurfing or windsurfing excuse me they're windsurfing so actually that's a pretty active sport but there's uh it doesn't quite have the excitement of watching someone do crazy ski tricks <laughs> i will i will point out that juicy fruit was was going for a very specific audience like these are sort of like middle to upper class sports these are not this is not yeah. soccer or baseball this is not an every person sport Right. This this they're differentiating themselves as a gum for almost like private school kids. Yeah, like yeah, resort yeah. people who go to resorts. I, I yeah. picture these people going camping, having like all the gear, uh-huh. you know. They're and going then glamping, Jonah. They're going glamping. They got all the ten, all the fancy gear and then they're like, Let's go to a college football game this weekend. And then they're like going to the game and they have like all the the, the logo merch. Like they the, that's kind of the crew. I'm, I'm on the days here. that they're not skiing or water on the days skiing they're not or going doing activities, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 an elite gum. Yeah. They're, they're they're trying to differentiate themselves from Double Mint. Oh yeah, yes. you know, which is just a bunch of like sexed up twins. twins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, that's another one that I completely forgot that they branded so hard with twins, like in a way that's like how. I'm supposed to buy this because <laughs> twins eat it. <laughs> it's so much, it's so literal, all this stuff, like the double mint or like in this commercial where they're like, everything that they sing in the song has to happen on screen at that <laughs> moment or people won't get it. Yeah. Yeah, like this is, the, if you take a sniff, like we'll show what that looks like. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And also there's almost nothing grosser between friends or family than asking someone to smell something. Like that's <laughs> never a good setup. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's also like the most artificial stuff. I guess in 2003, they, they kind of revamped some of the ingredients and they changed the sugar to um, aspartame and asulfame potassium. Okay. But aspartame's terrible for you. Like the yeah. earlier iteration, I want the old school juicy fruit gum with lots of sugar. Just, yeah. Yeah. You know, lots of pineapple, whatever was in there. <laughs> now, apparently... They did a collaboration with Starburst where you could get Starburst flavored juicy fruit gum in fruit punch, cherry, and watermelon flavors. So that's taking your standard juicy fruit gum and adding those artificial flavors to it in a way that absolutely makes me want to throw up. Yeah, that's like the four loco of gums. Like, <laughs> yeah. That doesn't sound appealing, but I like that they did a collab, you know, again. Yeah. Like, yeah. They were just such early adopters of these trends. 
Well, you've got to stay relevant, you know? Like you yeah. have to collapse, you know. This is a high-end gum <laughs> that was totally uh, sophisticated. Yeah. Like it's basically, it's it's high fashion. It's runway. It's runway it's gum. It's runway gum. And runway gum. I think it still exists, right? Yeah, it does exist. It's been discontinued in a couple countries. <laughs> okay. But it's still available in the United States. It's still uh, available. I've, yeah, yeah, I haven't been in the gum aisle in a while, but but I think it's there. I can't imagine buying it. And I don't mean that as a burn to... It just feels... Wasn't the other thing about those gums, which I guess is true of all gum in the like 80s and 90s that like they lost flavor really quickly? Yeah. Isn't that sort of a... Everyone's going really silent in a way that makes me feel like I said something controversial. <laughs> no, I think you're. I think you're right, Vanessa. Because I feel like I feel like the next gen gen of gum was the flavor that lasts a whole long time. Right. Yeah, kind of, yeah. You know? um, like we asked so much more of gum, and then following decades, we were like, I want to have a bright smile with my gum. Right, whitening, whitening gum, like teeth whitening, but also addressing bad breath. Like there, this says nothing about. Like, like now gum is marketed as sort of like a, a breath freshener, but right. this is, it's almost like a stimulant, like in this case, <laughs> like it's like a Gatorade or like a, I don't know. Yeah. Like it, a what, an aphrodisiac. <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> just a strong, like foreplay tool. <laughs> <laughs> I guess part of the reason that it's branded so much like it's, again, like a, like a sort of a Red Bull type thing is because it didn't really do anything except <laughs> be something to chew on. So they had to give it like a strong, like, again, like if I put a piece of juicy fruit gum in my mouth, I think I'll feel ready to like rage, like, or just like <laughs> take on the world. <laughs> I, I, that would be amazing if that was your secret. Like when people asked about your process. <laughs> If Juicy Fruit was part of that. If I was like, keeps me up, keeps me present. Like I just... <laughs> present, grounded. It gives me that kind of realness that... <laughs> but I absolutely agree that this kind of gum is the gum that tastes terrible after you chew it like 10 times. Yeah, yeah it for sure. Just an unrecognizable yeah. flavor in your mouth and like very hard as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know... And Oh, go ahead, Jonah. And when then it's like, what do you do with it? You got to have somewhere to spit it out. You know, like there's that whole thing. It's... It does come with those wrappers, though. You've got a little wrapper if you can hang on to that. <laughs> right. Do you, do you guys remember the gum where it was like you were supposedly could eat the wrapper because it was like edible? Oh, people said that about dentine gum. I yeah. Think. I remember like, eating a lot of paper. I remember <laughs> it was sort of a it was sort of a childhood party trick for mine yeah. for me. I, I'd be like, I guess I'll eat this gum in the paper, and people would be like, "What?" And I'd be like, "It breaks down in your mouth, you idiot." <laughs> oh, so these are like early. This is like early performance for you. These are like, yes. <laughs> wait, what was the gum that was the striped gum that was also oh very... fruit striped gum? Right. Oh yeah, I really liked. I really liked that. Yes. Yeah, that was a good one. And then bubble tape. Bubble tape. Whoa. I could down a whole bubble tape in one sitting. You really yeah. said the word eat. Like, you know, this, this <laughs> is not for swallowing. <laughs> Remember, what about, how about, let's address the rumor that people had uh, that this sort of apocryphal tale that if you swallow gum, it would, you would never digest it or it'd be in your stomach for oh, like yeah, 30 it stays years. In your system forever. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think it? they found out it's seven years. Wait, for real? Really? Oh, no. no. Seven years. Mm -hmm. Wow, I've, some of us have just gotten rid of gum recently. <laughs> <laughs> Is it really seven years? It's so funny that before the internet, you could just say your whole life and people would be like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and what about, did you ever, Jonah was really into Big League Chew. Yeah. Which were those little, sh which in retrospect is so disgusting, Jonah. It's just like a bag of shredded gum. It was marketed almost as like chewing tobacco for yeah. kids. Yes for, yes, for little leaguers. <laughs> yes. But I remember being on the baseball team being like, oh, we got to eat this. This is like what adults do or something. Yeah, it's it was like candy cigarettes. Like yeah. it's shocking yes. that parents would buy this for their children. <laughs> yeah. And you just be stuffing shreds of gum in your mouth. <laughs> in a way that was 
truly disgusting. Like root beer flavored gum. Yeah, it's good times. Oh, root beer. I will say I felt like Big League Chew was very gendered. Like it was definitely marketed a little heavily towards boys. Yes. Yes, I agree. And to me also, we never got to have bubblicious and that kind of gum because that I don't know that that was marketed to girls, but it felt like sugar cereal or something like it felt like it was so bad for you that our we couldn't have it in our house. Yeah. Remember, there was also that differentiation for a while between like sugarless gum. Right. Like or sugar free gum. Right. Probably as a response to the juicy fruits and the striped gum of the world. Yeah. Right. Four four out of five dentists approve. Right. 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 That dentist approved. Yeah. (laughs) To the point where they almost got you in a... Like, I think, Corinne, when you were talking, like, there were almost gums where they implied that they brushed your teeth for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if four out of five dentists approve, you're like, yeah, well, that takes care of everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm d- I'm done with my toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> I just threw mine out. <laughs> Olivia, our producer, said the original pitch of Big League Chew was a healthy alternative to tobacco. Yeah, so oh, it, was that's like, it, was like, it was like the first version of Juul, of the Juul vape right. cigarettes. But but was, it was yeah. marketed. Yeah, maybe. What, do you think it was marketed to like baseball players who chew tobacco? At first, and then they were like, "We're too. We we see th- right through this." And then kids were like, "We don't." Wait, Olivia says it was literally. <laughs> it was. It was marketed to adults at first. Big League Chew. That's yeah. That's tough. That's shocking to me because yeah. it's like adults are so smart. <laughs> Not all of them, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, <laughs> and we'll be right back with Carrie and Corey. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. Hi, Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the back seat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Now, we're back. Does anyone have any final words about Juicy Fruit, the commercials, the jingle, or should we just have it be in our heads for the rest of our lives? <laughs> well, I invite everyone with me today and all the listeners to get the song in your head two to three times a year. I think it's a real, it's as refreshing as the gum. <laughs> I love that. I also invite all of us to go on a ski trip together at some point. Oh my yes. gosh. And you don't have yeah. to. And that's one thing we learned from Juicy Fruit. You don't have to ask people, are you good? Are you bad? <laughs> because if we've heard one thing from the Juicy Fruit skiing commercials, it's that you go in a big group. It's not about that. Some people wear shorts. Some people wear <laughs> pants. Everybody's just there to have a blast. <laughs> yeah. It's about having a blast. And I also, I just... Want to just say to the gum industry, uh, like time to get fun again. Yeah, yeah. 
big time. Oh, a hundred percent. It's not hundred. You've lost your shine. You lost your shine. You've lost the smell. It's not just about <laughs> you know freshening the breath. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. Well, now we're gonna play a little game <laughs> with y'all. It's called Change.Dork. <laughs> Change.Dork. Otherwise known as Let's Make Fun of People Who Don't Know How to Use Change.Org. And in this game, we'll bring up three different, somewhat nostalgic things that people are trying to bring back with petitions on Change.Org. And we'll kind of, at, at the end, we'll each vote for our, our favorite. The petition that we would sign if we had to sign one of these petitions. Okay, so this first one is a petition to change the name of cheesecake to cheese pie. And this person said, cheesecake is a lie. Cheesecake shares nothing with all known cakes, chocolate cake, vanilla cake, lasagna, and pancakes. It's about time we recognize this as it. I want to change all references to cheesecake to cheese pie. Now, some of our listeners may remember we, in a different episode, we brought up a petition called Lasagna is Cake. And I was shocked that this person included. <laughs> Did you notice that when this person? I was going to ask you about yeah. like why is lasagna? Okay. Is this the same person? You think? <laughs> I looked it up to see if it was the same person, and it was. It didn't seem to be. Although they might have just used a different name, but this petition came out three years after the lasagna is cake petition, and the lasagna is cake petition was made out to non-believers and this petition was made out to humanity. And so I feel like if this isn't the same person, it's someone who is heavily influenced by lasagna is a cake. But yeah, I found it I found it odd that this person was listing kinds of cake and they included lasagna. It undermines their argument, but yeah. yeah. That's just me. Yeah. If they're gonna be such sticklers, then why are they including them? Yeah. What do you both think about this? Changing cheesecake to cheese pie. Well, I, I think it goes back to the lasagna thing. Like, if if the category of cake is actually that broad, then why shouldn't it just be cheesecake? Yeah. You know, I, I think I'm fine with cheesecake. I, I see, see a pie as a, a very different shape. Yeah. I guess. But I also, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel strongly. I think the problem is that they're... They're up against a cheesecake factory. Yeah. Like Whoa. that's an it's That's right, Corey. Yeah. That's an it's yeah. Say that that's to no those way. to those CEOs. Tell them to yeah, change you think it. They're gonna rename the restaurant. You think you've got more power pie? than them? Yeah. Well, also cheese pie, it just it's like you need a, a, you need that consonant, a, that second consonant right. in the second word there. Yeah. Jonah, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, and it's also like, you know, do we gotta do we have to label everything? You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, you know, you two know, I'm sure your band's been called, you know, like indie, rock or all this stuff. It's like, it's just music. It's just a dessert. You know, we don't, it doesn't need to fit in a box. Well, this does have 340 signatures. Well, how many do you need? Mm, it's they, arbitrary, they keep, right? Probably. Yeah, they keep moving the, the goalposts. Like if you get 500, they say you can get to 1,000. It's, it's always, you can never get there. Oh, okay. But that's still not bad. I mean, there are 340 people that saw this and were like, I'll sign. Yeah. Um, Vanessa, what are your thoughts on this one? I actually, I'm not a huge cheesecake person. Like, I don't love it. And I think part of the reason might be, I'm not saying that I would sign this, but I'm just saying I like cake more than cheesecake. And there is something, someone made a comment on this petition where they said, cheesecake has a crust and no actual cake. It is very clearly a pie. And I, I think that like as a kid trying cheesecake for the first time, I was like, what the hell? And uh -huh. I think that's because it does in some ways resemble a pie. So again, this person, to your point, Carrie, has completely blown their argument by saying that lasagna and let's be honest, pancakes are cake. <laughs> <laughs> but that having been said, I, I think they could have made a better argument and I would have been more on board is all I'll yeah. say. I'm also thinking that it's also a miss appropriation of cheese, right? It's 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 yeah. like so many unexpected elements in cheesecake. It's not what you're expecting from cake, but it's also not what you're expecting from cheese. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Maybe yeah. it should be called like sour pie. <laughs> you please start that petition. I'd sign it. <laughs> it sounds a little less appetizing, but it is more of like a sour cream pie. Yeah. I'm just imagining that in like a menu. Like if for dessert tonight, we have a sour pie. The sour pie factory. <laughs> right. To Corn's point, that's a huge change. It's just sort of such a rebranding. Yeah. 
That's tough. All right. So I think we're in agreement on that one. The next one is called Christmas Has Santa, Hanukkah Needs You. This one says, everywhere you turn these days, it's a sea of red and green. While Christmas is certainly deserving of all the attention, there's another December holiday that's largely ignored. Hint, it's called Hanukkah, or should we say Hanukkah? The grammar on these isn't always... Yeah, I'm going to kind of self-edit as we go. With Harrison Ford as a new face of the Festival of Lights, Hanukkah, like Han Solo. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I get it. Hanukkah can walk out of the shadows and into the spotlight. Please sign this position to convince Harrison Ford to become Hanukkah's new spokesperson. Only Han Solo himself has the star power to make the Festival of Lights that much brighter. Corinne and Carrie, what do you think about making Harrison Ford the face of Hanukkah? <laughs> I'm up for it. I think he might be up for it. I mean, if he did Indiana Jones, yeah, like the most recent one is like number five. Something like that. I mean, the guy is like, he fulfills the role. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Han- Hanukkah. Right. So you're saying kind of as its own holiday. Sort of like, I thought about this too. I thought, what is this person asking for? (laughs) It's hard because Santa, I think they're saying in the way that Santa is the face of Christmas, Harrison Ford should be the face of Hanukkah, but maybe dressed as Han Solo. And (laughs) I think it's tough because Santa very clearly has a role that's associated with Christmas, whereas Han Solo and Hanukkah are really only similar in name. But I think they just want like sort of a spokesperson for Hanukkah in the same way that Santa is the spokesperson. Right. They're combining their interests here. Yeah. You know, they they want Hanukkah to have be personified with a friendly character and they love Star Wars and they're and they love play on words and they're just trying to combine all these things. It feels a little forced. And that's that's maybe my criticism plus it just it's again that kind of christmasification of all the december holidays like right well we don't really need to make everything more like christmas christmas is great as is i mean yeah i feel like it's kind of nice that christmas has santa and hanukkah has something else and kwanzaa has something else like that's fine yeah yeah jonah what do you think about this yeah i think this person has to be way more clear on what they're asking for it's way too confusing vanessa something that i hid from you all, which because I am the person who found this petition. Yeah, Vanessa found this, yes. Is this person made a video, okay, kind of stating their case. And something that is tough on change.org is that a lot of people use it to promote their comedy careers. <laughs> and oh. I feel that this this person like made a whole video where they were like, what's going on with Hanukkah though? Like, can't we have... And I felt You know, I say to these people, this isn't the place to get your stuff seen, okay? This isn't, again, this is a misuse of change.org in the sense that not only is it not what these petitions are supposed to, generally supposed to be about on change.org, I think, but also this isn't where you're getting viewers, you know? And I'd like to give this person the benefit of the doubt and think that maybe they put it on YouTube or something as well, but... This feels like I read the petition and was looking at it before I realized that there was an accompanying um, kind of like short comedy film that went with it. And I can't really support this person because I because I don't think they are supporting themselves, if I'm being Mm. honest. It's yeah, I see there's a contrivance here. It's it's not even in earnest is what you're saying. Right. And I'm trying to see. Oh, it had seven supporters. That's low. That seems that's low. That's really low. low. That's and low. that's kind of what the person's bar is, okay? If they're uh-huh. putting their material on change.org. Again, a great way to get stuff seen, but not in this, yeah. Vanessa, you want to get into our last one? Sure. This last one is called Rename the American Football House, the Slater Kinney Halfpipe House. And this person says, emo is fine and all, but did you know that Slater Kinney played in a halfpipe at the American Football house in the late 90s that's significantly cooler than mike kinsella so yeah so the american football i think it's in like somewhere in illinois and it's on the cover of this kind of like legendary record on polyvinyl for american football and i guess this petition is saying that slater kinney performed there inside of a half pipe i think it's in urbana or or something does that sound familiar to either of you we performed inside of a half pipe in Urbana, Champagne, or Champagne? In somewhere in Illinois. I think it's somewhere in Illinois. Oh, we did once. Is it in Galesburg, Illinois? We played there once. Huh. I mean, we've played a lot of weird places, but I 
Did we play a half? It's in, yeah, it's in Urbana near the campus of University of Illinois, Urbana. Okay. Okay. It seems like we can never have Mike Kinsella on here because I 100% thought this was like the Canton Hood Football Hall of Fame. <laughs> I didn't realize American. You didn't realize football. it was a band. You thought this was an actual football reference. I thought like. Okay. So next time I'll help with this. this yeah. Yeah, so no, it's a band. It's from the cover of this record, but but the Polyvinyl Records recently bought this house. And so it's kind of like... Oh, an, it's a house. It's, it's a, a house. house. It's a house, yes. Oh, then yes, we probably did play there and it absolutely should be renamed, yes. Voting, <laughs> up, upvote, registering under multiple names, yes. Did, did Slater, can he play a lot of house shows early on? Oh, 100%. It was probably like on the Call the Doctor tour. Okay. Like it was probably very, like that tour, I want to say I booked that tour. <laughs> like I made like so many weird phone calls and just had this weird thing of notes and we would just get in the van and drive and stay at somebody's house, play the house. There were like a handful of clubs, a lot of weird colleges on that tour. You don't remember being inside of a half pipe though, Corin. You don't remember. I mean, that tour was so super weird that like, I feel like that's the tour that it happened on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, are you talking about the first Dig Me Out tour? Or are you talking about... I'm talking about Call the Doctor. Oh, with Tony. Yes. That is more likely. We definitely played some weird houses. Uh, New Orleans, we played a, a weird right. house there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been there. But they're saying late nineties, right? Yeah, they said late nineties. So that would have been Ding Me Out or Hot Rock. I huh. don't think we definitely weren't playing. I think it's mid nineties. I think yeah. Horn's right. They might be considering ninety six, late nineties. Late nineties. Only because by the time Dig Me Out came out, we had a professional booking agent who would have not booked a house show. But do you think they would have booked you at the Canton Football Hall of Fame? Not that guy. <laughs> not 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 after Dig Me Out. No, he would have been like, "Well, we'll, we'll try fine. to play there on this next tour." <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, we've never. I've never been to Canton, Ohio. I think I've driven past the Hall of the Football Hall of Fame, and that's that's most of my. Oh, I've been to the Canton Akron Airport, which is a great airport. If you um if you end up playing Cleveland and you want to go to e an even smaller airport, yeah, okay. if you're right. Flying into the Beachland Ballroom, just fly right into Akron. You yeah. can drive an extra hour. I I love Beachland Ballroom. <laughs> yes, great venue, great venues. So, what do you two think about this petition to rename the American Football House the I guess Slater Kenny Half Pipe House? I said yes. You but said yes. Okay, you said yes. Yeah, I mean, why not? I feel like we have to root for ourselves sure. here in Day this and age. sort of athletic. You know, we're, they're sort of conjuring sports and we should just be yeah. rooting for our team. <laughs> Even though it is a really, like, pretty iconic right, right. album cover. So yes. I feel like we have a, it's a very uphill climb for us. <laughs> a lot of people with the tattoos of this album cover are going to be confused, but... Confused, but easy enough to change, probably. With <laughs> yeah, that's why it's good enough artist. good artists. That's now, true. Porn, what do you think? Do you agree? I, sure, I agree. I mean, yeah, we want to like brand that, you know, get our name out there. Sure, why not? Yes, for a band that is not even <laughs> sure that we played this place, we're definitely we're gonna fight pretty hard. Probably, probably bring the legal team. Jonah, in. Jonah, what about you? Yeah, it's tough for me. You know, I I I like I really like both of these bands. I, I'm friends with both of them, but look, Karen Corn are on the podcast. They're here. You know, they showed up. Yeah, so. where's American football? Probably yeah, out so. there <laughs> practicing their pitch or whatever. Yeah, so I'll I'll support Vanessa. Yeah, we get it. We get it about the name. It's we know it's it's confusing for you. What are your thoughts on this one? Uh, I go, and I'm sure they're a great band. I don't mean to burn them, and I hope they, um, you know, but the name's confusing. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I know. I know yeah. that they're fans of yours, also, Vanessa. I okay, know. I am fans of theirs, and I'm. <laughs> And and they'll do the podcast and they'll root for themselves. We're also open to a timeshare or hybrid. Perfect. I think these uh, fans, while I respect them, they're huge Slater Kinney fans. It's like you don't have to pit one band against the other. You know, no. we can Slater all football. You almost said Slater football. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I actually think that that might be kind of a cool tour. <laughs> you, you, yeah. an American football and it's called Slater football and you all get out there you know and 
you know, maybe throw in a song that is about, you know, halftime. Halftime. <laughs> oh, halftime. Half pipe. Halftime on the half pipe. Halftime on the half pipe. That's actually something that would be such a cool collab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like juicy, it's like kind of what Juicy Fruit and Starburst did back in the day. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I think we've figured it out. Well, <laughs> so if everyone had to sign one petition, you have to pick one now. And the petitions are change the name of cheesecake to cheese pie. Christmas says Santa. Hanukkah needs you. The Han- Hanukkah one. And rename the American football house to the Slater Kinney Halfpipe House. I haven't made it easy on anyone because I don't know if anyone feels strongly. <laughs> but we usually don't. Jonah, do you want to go first? Sure. I'll do cheesecake to cheese pie. It's, I feel like, sort of based in reality, even though not really. Mm-hmm. What does anyone else think? I actually think I'm with you, Jonah. After I thought about it more, I, I, I find the whole notion of cheesecake absolutely misleading. Yeah. Yeah. Corin? Yeah, I think I think that we should make that change and the Cheesecake Factory is just going to have to get on board. You know, yeah. It's a new day. It's a new day. I, I 100% you. agree. Uh, cheesecake to cheese pie. And actually, I'd like to make a small adjustment though. Cheesecake to sour pie. <laughs> That's my pick. Sure. Sure. Okay. So you guys have a new record coming out January 19th, Little Rope on Loma Vista. Anything else you want to promote? Anything like that? Where can people find more about the band? That kind of stuff. Well, People can uh, go to our website, slaterkinney.com. The album comes out January 19th. Our music is available on streaming services and, of course, at your local record store if you so wish to buy the vinyl or maybe cassette or CD version of our album. And you can come see us on tour, hopefully. That's really all we want to say. We'd, we'd love to see you on the road. We're excited. We're happy to be here. And yeah. Let us know what you think about the record. Yeah, put it in the change, change.dork for next time. <laughs> make, a, make a petition. Make, about a, make a petition. Well, thank you so much, Carrie and Corin, for coming on the podcast. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you enjoyed that, please subscribe and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird, where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like the Juicy Fruit Gum commercials. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.